For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Driving home from SeaTac Airport, 8.15 p.m. on a Sunday night. This is not my regularly scheduled time. I have trouble saying the word regularly. Regularly. Oh, that was pretty good. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Everyone say that. It's hard. I had a, I had chosen Boise Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but I had a, a private event in Ashland, Oregon. So I flew into Medford, Oregon today. Uh, drove to Ashland. And then I realized, uh, you know, I was performing at like 2.30. And so I, I switched my flight from uh, tomorrow morning to 5.20 p.m. this evening. Never would have made it. Except Medford is such a tiny airport that I, you know, I returned a car, checked a bag, made it through security in about six minutes. cost me a little bit of money, but the, the idea of getting home tonight was uh, worth it. And when I was getting, because I was like debating, should I do it? And then I did it. I closed the laptop. I throw everything in my suitcase. I run out to the rental car. I'm driving away. I feel like I'm getting away with something. I feel like I'm robbing a bank or, or making a great escape or like. And then I turn the radio on. It's about a 20 minute drive from Ashland to Medford. And I turn the radio on because I need a good, some driving music. You know what I mean? Some good rock and roll or the rap song 99 Problems But A Bitch Ain't One. The only one white guys who like rock like. I needed a good driving song. And I turn on the radio and what do I hear? I need a lover who won't drive me crazy. I'm like, all right, close enough. I'll let John Mellencamp talk about his crazy lover. Good enough driving music. But pretty fun for as far as a private show goes. It was a... Uh, couple haven't, they both turned 50 recently, I just turned 50 recently, all their friends were there, some family, uh, fun group, uh, apparently Ashland does not have, Ashland, Oregon does not have a coin star machine, uh, I did learn that. It's usually fun to get recognized, but I happen to be at a location I did not want to be recognized, I was actually using the Coinstar machine at the time. Are we familiar? No. no. I've got other jokes. Uh, <laughs> Ashland doesn't have a Coinstar machine where you, where you cash in your change. The laundromat. The laundromat. You guys, 
are in a different tax bracket than I was anticipating. Uh, This is more of a Medford joke. Do you have anything about wine? Or Shakespeare? And I made a couple of, you know, I'm like, oh, these guys are fun. They're down for whatever. And then I did a little bit of a dirtier joke. And I'm like, oh, half of them are down for whatever. But really fun night. Actually, afternoon. I almost got my shake weight confiscated by uh, Boise TSA today. I was really fucking annoyed, to be honest with you. Now, usually, often, my suitcase gets pulled aside. And then they look at it, and then they kind of laugh and show everybody, look, it's a shake. Is this a shake? Wait! I didn't know they still made these. And we all have a good laugh. But these guys pulled... uh, not only my suitcase aside, literally half of the suitcase is going through. They, they pulled aside for extra screening. I don't know if some shit's going down in Boise or these guys just have a tighter asshole than the rest of the country. And then he pulled the shake weight out and I was ready for the like, is this a shake weight? And instead he holds it up to a supervisor and like makes like a neck cutting motion like, yeah, this isn't allowed, right? And then he takes it over, talks to people. And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? And then he comes over and he's like, we're going to let you take it through. You are not allowed to take it out on the plane. But we could we could confiscate this, but we're going to use our discretion and let you go through. And I almost argued. But then I'm like, I already got what I want, right? So let's not make it worse. But I wanted to be like, you know, me and this shake weight have been all over North America. We have never had a problem. No one has ever threatened to confiscate the shake weight. You might as well confiscate a laptop. You could crack someone over the head with that too. Or a cane. It's not a weapon. I'm not going to beat someone up with 10 tiny strokes a second. Take that. But we were all, I mean, everyone in TSA line was really, we were sharing some eye rolls because they were hardcore. I know it's got to be a thankless job, and it it certainly is right now because I am not thanking them. I understand, look, it's mostly uh, the illusion of security, of course, but I understand there should be someone doing that job. And maybe they get shit on a lot, I don't know how well it pays, but the fucking attitude on a lot of TSA people is very upsetting. And I feel the same way about TSA as I feel about my job. It's like if I complain too much about my job, I go, hey, I wasn't drafted. I don't have to do this. I wanted to do this. Maybe TSA didn't want to do that. But you could get a different job. In this economy, you could get a different job. 
I understand there's a seriousness to the job where you got to look for weapons and explosives and fine, but they're all such dicks about it. Please pull your laptops out of the computer bag. They must be on the tray. You have to do it. Your mom is not here to do it for you. They're always saying shit like that. Look, I usually know what I'm doing at the airport because I go all the time. In fact, I'm friendly with some of the TSA at SeaTac Airport. I mean, I don't know their name or anything, but like, hey, good to see you, that kind of shit. But it's a lot of people's first time flying in a long time. Every time. And they're trying to get through. They don't know all the rules. Also, every airport's a little different. You know, they see the person in front of them not take their jacket off, so they don't take theirs off, and they're like, take off your jacket, and they're like, oh, okay, they're like, that one's too thick, like, sorry, they don't know what they're doing, they're dragging a suitcase without wheels through the airport, they got duct tape around a hefty bag for their carry-on, they're not down with all the TSA rules. All the airport bathrooms have a thing that's like, how clean am I? And you can like rate them. I would like TSA to have that on their bench. How big of a dick was I? One to five. Genderless dick. You get a one guy who acted like a terrorist, carries around a shake weight. The only weapons on that plane are going to be the guns I have from using the shake weight. You want some of this? Uh, good weekend in Boise at Lickwood. No, it's not called that anymore. It's called a lounge at the end of the universe. Not to brag, but I've done the Boise Funny Bone. I've done uh, a club called Hijinks in Boise. I've done uh, Lickwood Laughs in Boise. Uh, I did a place called Watson's in Boise, and I've done a place called Lounge at the End of the Universe two or three times now. Me and Boise have fucked. Uh, we only had about, uh, on the Thursday, I think we had 50 people, which wasn't a great sign. But Friday and Saturday sold out shows. Uh, 160 people a night, I think. Uh, which is great. As far as my experiments this year of like doing door deals and paying for ads and you know, you know. Part of me is like maybe I shouldn't have bought any ads. Maybe I would have done that well without spending $250 in ads. Part of me is like maybe I should have done more ads could have sold out Thursday. I don't know. But I still have to say the experiment is working. I mean, I've done this January. I have done I've done 15 shows so far in January. 
and 11 of them have sold out. I mean, one of them was a little bar gig, and one of the ones that didn't sell out was a private event. But, like, that's, uh, I don't think I started last year that way, with 11 out of 15 sellouts. And the, you know, uh, of my two, of the two I've done, I did Tacoma Comedy Club and sold out all five shows, and then, uh, my other, the other one where the more, the more people come, the more money I get was Boise, uh, and I'm gonna, I, you know, I gotta give that one a B plus or an A minus or an A too, cause I, uh, I did, I did well. So we'll see. I also have 27 tickets sold for uh, my February 8th show in Seattle. So, <laughs> the algorithm giveth and taketh away. Come see me at uh, Keys on Main in Seattle. It's a piano bar. Maybe that's why no one wants to go. But if they have piano music after, I'm gonna request. I need a lover who won't drive me crazy. But you know that's the weird uh, experiment. And this is probably only interesting to me, but it's like. So I bought some ads, sold out five shows in Tacoma. Bought some ads, sold out two of three shows in Boise. Didn't buy ads because I didn't have a door deal in Glendale and sold out three of five. Still don't have enough evidence uh, to make any... <laughs> I still don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You really gotta pick your, when you hit 50, you gotta pick sort of your uniform and look that you're gonna ride out till you die. Like my dad, there's a lot, I just this weekend I thought I saw my dad, even though why would he have been in Boise? Uh, he's got a beard, he's got glasses, he wears flannel shirts, often with a vest over them. And he wears one of those kind of like Indiana Jones hats all the time. I see a version of my dad all the time. I noticed, I think 50 is the age where women, they start wearing those weird, they're not weird, but like flowing things. Do you know what I mean? Like it's part shawl, part mosquito net. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes, sometimes it looks like a... A shawl. Sometimes it looks like a, a, a curtain pattern. Sometimes it's kind of a see-through thing. I was at that party night with a bunch of people my age or older, and a few younger. And uh, I took, I was like just randomly taking pictures of people, and I and I, I sent them, I sent them to my wife, and I go, "Is this how you need to be dressing now? You're 50." It's not a bad look, but it is weird. It's like you don't see... You don't see a 25-year-old, like... Hitting the club with a something draped over her shoulders. You gotta grow into it. 
You know, like B. Arthur from the Golden Girls, that kind of shit. A lot of scarves. Do you see a dude in a scarf? You know something about that dude. Not just that his neck is warm, but you can... You can take some implications from his scarf. I mean, maybe take frigid temperatures out of it. But like a fall day, if you see a dude with a scarf, you know. If he goes to a coffee shop, he's getting a pour over. He's probably gonna like soccer more than football or baseball. Maybe those stereotypes aren't true, but you feel them. So I guess I gotta ride out long-haired dude as it just gets grayer and grayer. Until they look like Zeus let himself go. I have jokes about what I look like because I'm a comedian and we all do. But someone after the show tonight said, you look, you, you're starting to look like Jerry Garcia. And I'm like, that, that, that didn't feel good. Let's not. First of all, Jerry Garcia was a lot bigger than I am. Jerry Garcia looked like he was filled with his delicious ice cream that Ben and Jerry's made. I think having long hair and a, and a beard and maybe throw the glasses in too. It's kind of like being like a redhead because I think all redheads people just go like, you look like so-and-so and then, you know, they don't really. I get maybe I look like Dave Grohl a little bit, but like not every long-haired dude. There's a comedian, Dusty Slay, that people are like, I thought this was you. We don't look at any alike other than we have long hair and a beard. And he wears like trucker caps. And we both wear glasses. But he wears like big ones. It would be nice if someone says, do you know who you look like? It would be nice to not flinch. Like, oh God, how bad is this going to hurt? Have you ever seen Finding Nemo? You look like the puffer fish. Only when he's puffed, though. Have you ever seen The Whale? If Brandon Frazier had long hair. Do you guys see it? I see it. Have you ever seen Titanic? You look like the iceberg. I've been told I look like Chum Lee from that show Pawn Stars. Sorry, Chum Lee, if you're listening, but that's an insult. Last, uh, last week on my uh, Facebook and Instagram, I posted a video about uh, my least favorite comment. I think I've talked about it before on the podcast, too. But By the way, I, it did get me thinking. It's something I talked about on the podcast where hundreds of people heard me talk about it. 
And then I talked about it on Facebook and Instagram, and I don't know, probably 20,000-something people heard me talk about it, and there were hundreds of comments. I'm like, hmm, why do I do a podcast again? I guess because people can't listen to my Instagram posts while they work out and drive? I don't know. But anyway, I was talking about the comment that people are like, uh, uh, you know, probably at least a thousand people, at least hundreds and hundreds of people have either commented or sent me a message that they think I look like I have thyroid eye disease. And then, you know, I don't. (laughs) So then I have to walk around with resting thyroid disease face. Which doesn't make me feel good. But there was a lot of comments. There was it's interesting. You can never People, there's always gonna be a certain percentage of people who just take things away you don't want to take them. Or a way you don't want them to take them. Because I said I understand that there's some kindness in the comment or the message. There's some uh there, there is concern they're reaching out saying you should get checked for thyroid eye disease but I got so many comments that were like fuck the haters and I'm like well I didn't say they were haters but it's so funny because there's nothing more there's probably nothing better or worse for my self-esteem in the internet. So it's it all washes out and I feel the same as I did before. But it's there's a lot of comments about, you know, I like your eyes. I think you're attractive. I think you're sexy. I'm like, all right, here we go. And then there's other comments that are like, Yeah, your eyes bug out, but it's what makes you funny. You're not funny because you're attractive. I'm like, all right, easy, easy. Oh, I keep forgetting. I wanted to say uh, a couple episodes ago. uh, I don't know. I guess I'm not saying names. I never say anyone's name, but... I received as a gift uh, for Christmas a can of Skyline Chili. Because I had mentioned on my trip to Cincinnati, uh, myself and my bowels had had uh, an unfortunate Skyline Chili incident. Uh, and so... Uh, yeah, they say I didn't even know you could get. Maybe you. I don't think you can buy a can of Skyline chili around here. But I think uh, one of them was in Cincinnati, and they got it for me, which is it's very cool. It's very cool to like. Uh, you know, talk about my dumb life in my car by myself, and then uh, have it resonate with someone. And then I, you know what? I am gonna eat that Skyline chili too. I kind of forgot about it. I might have it when I get home. Near the safety of my home toilet, I'm going to eat that Skyline chili. 
I didn't know. I didn't know that you could buy it at the store. That's kind of like when you see those, like, oh, they don't have that chain around here, but where I live anyway, but like White Castle, like these little White Castle burgers. You order like six of them when you're drunk, I think is the thing. But then I'll, you'll see in the frozen food section, there's just like a bunch of frozen White Castle burgers. And, and, burgers. and I'm like, they're gross fresh. Unless I'm going to get hammered in my kitchen, these are going to be really disgusting. I'm embarrassed to tell you the amount of frozen Costco chicken bakes my son has eaten in his life. I don't even want to think about the number. It's a lot. I enjoy a Costco chicken bake in Costco. They're not great frozen. But my son, good lord. Maybe it was his way of getting us to cook for him because he would be, he would get out another frozen Costco chicken bake and I'd be like, let me make something else for you. Like a Costco hot dog. If you don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many of my listeners uh, live near a Costco, but if you do, you're familiar with the $1.50. Costco hot dog with soda combo where Costco loses money on purpose just to have cheap food but I happen to see some guy online who was going to eat nothing but Costco hot dogs three times a day for like a week and um, I'm sorry to report that he died on Thursday His memorial will be held at the Costco food court where they will be serving hot dogs. He didn't die, but I would have. He looked young. You can do like shit when you're young. I feel like if I had to eat any food three times a day, I'd be dead by Thursday. All you're going to eat this week is broccoli three times a day. I'm dead by Thursday. Eggs, dead. Steak, constipated and dead. Skyline chili, dead by Monday night. That being said, when I was in Boise, I was kind of trapped because it had snowed a ton the week before. And so the sidewalks are just piled up with snow. And I had, I realized I couldn't walk anywhere. So I had to like Uber Eats a lot of meals. Which, that was a little spending, by the way. My dad says that word, spending. I'll probably say it even more after I get my Indiana Jones hat. What happened? The sleeves just fell off my jacket. It's happening. Yeah, Uber Eats, uh... I, I Uber eats It's a word. I Uber eats like four times, and that was not cheap. But I, I got, I ate, my point is I ate Cobb salad three meals in a row. So maybe that's my exception. If I had to eat nothing but Cobb salad for a week, dead by Saturday, I'd make it farther. 
I got new glasses. Uh, they upped my reading prescription a little bit. And uh, I, I tried. I got to go get them adjusted. I mean, I, I thought, okay, I'll get used to them. And man, by day three, I was still walking around like I was drunk. Well, actually, a couple of those days I was drunk. But even the times I wasn't drunk. You're not supposed to put your glasses on and go like, whoa. Like it throws your equilibrium off. Because, you know, I got uh, I got progressive lenses. So it's like a, if it's a millimeter too high or too low, it's not the right eye level. And it's a whole thing. I was literally tripping on shit. And my new glasses. Which better work, because even after insurance, they cost more than my first car did. Of course, I got that car for 600 bucks, but that's, my point is, I'm wearing my old glasses now the lesser prescription because at least I don't stumble. In case uh, any men listening are wondering when they're going to need reading glasses or perhaps progressive lenses if they already wear regular glasses, uh, the age is 48. I was talking about that this, this evening at the party in Ashland. And this guy said when he, he never wore any kind of glasses at 48, he needed reading glasses. The guy next to him said, that's so weird. My doctor said, everyone, it happens at 48 all the time. And I was 48 and I, you know, I had to get progressive lenses. And then another guy was like, what? I was 48. And then I was like, that's so weird. You guys were all for shit. I was 48 when I had to start wearing glasses and get rid of the contacts. So, that's the rules. That's when nature thought you were gonna die, man. 48. Won't be needing these peepers anymore. I don't know the woman age. isn't a thing you want to say in a police interrogation room. Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is whatever doesn't kill you just makes you stronger. Just not strong enough to survive the thing that will eventually kill you. We're going to call that a podcast. Almost home. Thanks for listening. I'm going to go eat some Skyline Chili. Bye-bye!